0: Ten. Apparently I'm live, so let's go live in the most British way possible. Ooh. Lovely cup of tea, Dennis. Who's <laughs> Dennis, do I? Anyway, hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines New Year's Evil review for NXT, the first show of the year. And before I get into things, we'll just, well, I guess, first things first... Gosh, a wrestling fan in a black T-shirt with a logo slapped on it. <laughs> my God, your audacity! Why, why this same? Why this? That's because my white T-shirt with the logo slapped on it is in the wash. <laughs> so stereotypical wrestling fan it is tonight. <laughs> it's the spare T-shirt <laughs> and everything else in the wash. Also, I'm just going to triple check my microphone turn on. Yeah, I keep forgetting to do that. Also, and uh, I, oh yeah, in terms of like watching the New Year's Eve review, I have got a glowing review for this show. It is with the caveat that whilst I was watching it, I was really, really struggling to keep up and follow, and really care. And like outside, as out and the ratings came out beforehand. And before I start these shows, I quite sometimes I like to say which show did I prefer out of NXT and AEW as I went into it on the night. And I can I can firmly say uh, that I preferred AEW this week. That but it was nothing to do with the quality of the show absolutely nothing to do with it i literally put on an XT, i really struggled to get into it again obvious reasons and you know what with the whole storming of a of the of the capitol building but with aw for some reason for some reason i just put it on and i just felt content and happy and there was no other deep dive necessary really in terms of which show was I, I can't tell you which show was better but i can tell you a put on a aw and i was just happy relaxed and calm and just enjoyed a wrestling show nxt i was constantly on my phone and flicking about and that has likely got absolutely nothing to do with nxt all i can say is when i watched aw i had a cool relaxed time when i watched nxt i was you know doom scrolling <laughs> quite often and then pausing nxt's like i've got to be reviewing this i'm going to Doom score, then go back to it. So, my next year, New Year's Day, Evil kind of play was not normal. Which is, no, Is I guess, it's a shame because it is the New Year, in terms of the wrestling bubble. And of course, as well, the other thing is like the ratings as well. Sometimes I'll have a little dabble into the ratings. If I'm right, they're both in the 600,000s, and there's only like 20,000, if that, separating the two shows. And personally, I saw that and went... The two wrestling shows together still got over 1,200,000 and I saw that and just thought I'm generally surprised that that's happened given the severity of yet of yesterday as in what people were tuning into and I didn't even need to look at the ratings tables to see that the news would have been pulling in the millions compared to the hundreds of thousands elsewhere as in like a super serious story that happened yesterday and I'm generally shocked wrestling got as many as they did. Uh, maybe a lot of people wanted to have a bit of an escape, and uh, my in kind of my relationship with the escape again. I was able to escape with AEW. I couldn't do it with NXT. Uh, I've tried to figure out like is there, are there other reasons? Is in was there, is that something about the NXT product where it didn't pull me in, or it's one of those it's one of those things where outside circumstances were so great it didn't matter how good the show was. So I've, I'm, the words I've written, it's a glowing review, <laughs> so it's amazingly positive. If you listen to this thinking, should I watch New Year's Evil this year, or for for this week, Like I'm maybe a bit not unsure about checking in on NXT, I'll check out the review. Or, or quickly, what does it say at the start of the show so I can check out after five minutes? Well, I can tell you right now, <laughs> the yeah, my overall review for New Year's Evil is a positive one. I thought it started off hot, it ended hot, it had some, a big hoss <laughs> match in the middle... Maybe one match I wasn't particularly massively hot on, but the show was generally a very good show, and like I can say the same for AEW Dynamite as well. Both shows this week I thought were great. I just I was just content and ext- I've never it's been a while since I felt this. Just watching AW, I was just content and happy and calm, and like, again my home in terms of wrestling is New Japan Pro Wrestling, and and I, I guess I, I say I was gonna say I started watching it in 2014. But that's when, like WWE, that's the first time WWE kind of felt like they were pushing me away as a fan. Like I was in that bracket of fans, kind of felt like I was being pushed away. It was exact, and months afterwards, it was months afterwards. Triple H started mocking the fans. Oh, I will leave, <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, I've already started drifting. i still. I didn't check out WWE proper for like another four years. <laughs> so I was still watching every week. Um, but New Japan first thing had become my home, and even watching Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know what it was, even though I'm watching it. Going, this is Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe because it's a massive scale show, it's not really one to relax on your sofa and be kind of calm and content and happy. Like I absolutely love that main event. If you go to version day, right, calm, collected, and happy would not. I would not explain my demeanor <laughs> while I was watching it. Um, I mean, excited and fully into what was happening. Yes, uh, but yeah. Oh, um, with NXT, the only things I can think of. Would be the WWE production stuff they put in there. I hate the fake crowd noise. It does not calm me at all. I Really, don't like it. I don't like the severe amount of direction that the kind of the live fans have, where it's this chant, this now type of thing, where it's the that kind of live crowd, atmosphere. There's something just. It feels like there's more room to do. It's, it's looser, weirdly. AEW describe it as looser, and it's just like a calmer atmosphere. And personally, I am more for that compared to the rigid. I like, um I inc- uh, want I say incredibly produced. I mean the level of production is a lot tighter and enforced in WWE. You could call it overproduced in some manners, which I would put the fake crowd noise in that. But I think is that those would be the only causes. The match qualities of both shows were fantastic. They both delivered New Year's special shows, which were both really really good. Um, but yeah, I, there could be many reasons, but I just couldn't get into. Anyway, so this is your black shirt with logo slaptonic fan for this week. <laughs> Talking about NXT. Um, first off, a cup of tea. Uh, There's a quick note as well. This is like my fourth podcast this week. I am um, my f- my throat's going, and I've got the uh, end of year special on Saturday, so it doesn't end. <laughs> mm. Anyway, let's, I'm gonna start with the main event because I like. I could have started with the openers gone in order because I think I'll. I think I'll talk about the main event. Then I think I'll go to the opener, go through the show. Because if I'm right, then I get to end with Ripley Gonzalez. Nope, it's the uh, John, it's the Gargano stuff. Right? (laughs) I wanted to end with the with a really massive positive, but I guess because I'm I'm gonna obviously when I had James Boyd on from the One Nation Radio podcast over on the Social Suplex Network to talk about the previous Gonzalez versus Ripley match, we fawned all over it. (laughs) Absolutely loved it. It made it into his top ten hashtag spoilers, depending on. When, I don't know, I guested on One Nation Radio to do like matches of the year, and I can't remember when it's coming out. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, Ripley Gonzalez, it... Oh, no, <laughs> just in case it's not come out, <laughs> don't yeah, so, I won't say anything. So, I was really excited for this match, and it, and it totally delivered when it got to it. So I'm excited to talk about that one. I, I really liked the opener. I think the world, in terms of the WWE style of presentation and what they like and what I think could succeed on the main roster loved the loved the opener cuz NXT developmental and sometimes you watch some people on his go these should be stars in WWE say so should cuz we all remember Bobby Roode. <laughs> all said the same thing the amount of people who've killed it in NXT gone to the main roster with nothing it's like ugh but the main event Finn Balor versus Kyle Riley 2 um I covered the um, two nights of Wrestle Kingdom with Jamban from Kingdom of Honor and imp like, has been a busy boy. <laughs> and with uh, with those uh, we were just talking about NXT because I was plucking I was going to be doing this and the gentleman I covered that with was he doesn't check out NXT anymore. He doesn't really watch routinely. However, hearing this was the main event, he tuned in. And I know this is the kind of match that is salt really up his street. He was a massive Carlo Riley fan before he came to WWE. Uh, so hopefully that's a massive carrot. But just that sentence where a, a hardcore wrestling fan, I think I've called Jan-Man, <laughs> and he has tuned out of NXT, but this match specifically pulled him back in. And I just thought, thought that's kind of like a note worth making, where we talk about WWE pushing away a lot of the hardcore wrestling fans. This is a case on point of something where something pulled them back in, and I feel that's worth highlighting, really. And this was, in terms of the, terms of the story of the match, to get into what I thought about it, having now watched it, Finn's first match since last beating O'Reilly three months ago and presented with no ad breaks. The entirety of this hard-hitting match presented with no interruptions. Massive thumbs up, especially from a Brit. <laughs> that means, because I don't know if I explained it. I think i explained this on shows, like, staggeredly over the course of time. But with the way that adverts work, I think whenever I've watched Raw via the live recording on, on my bo- on my telly box, whenever I've done that, the it really hits home how many adverts <laughs> there are in a live American TV programme. Like, uh, I guess, if we got a 30-minute sitcom, or like a half-hour sitcom, uh, in the UK, those episodes would probably be about 25 minutes. I, said, I don't know, if we go for a, <laughs> I realized, no, go for a channel, you know, with adverts on it. That's <laughs> what I was doing there. No, so yeah, so we'll get, like, maybe a block of adverts in the middle of the show, and then you get a block of adverts before going to the next one. That's it. In America there's a third block. If uh, it's one after like the it's one for like each act and the episode will be three acts. So it's like every 10 minutes there's an advert break and you get one right at the end and then there's like a post adverts like <laughs> final bit which I I've always found really weird as in the episode's pretty much ended then you come back for like a, a tiny little portion and then it goes to the next thing. I I I've never got that. <laughs> as a, as a foreign Viewer of American TV, I've never understood that, but it's because in my country we have like halfway through the that episode, about 15 minutes in, you'll get a block of adverts, and then after and at the end of the show, you get one block of adverts, and that's it. So, only two blocks. However, our adverts are five minutes long, <laughs> they are long adverts, and you feel it compared to again America. There's more, but they're shorter. So, I guess, like, maybe even overall. Over that half hour period, we might have a minute or two like longer amount of adverts compared to America, uh, maybe unless I've completely forgotten the calculations. So my point being when I see no ad breaks for me I'm like well I'd probably in this match in the UK if it was to air we'd probably only get one it would be five minutes but we'd be in the middle somewhere you know in, there. in the, like, for American TV that's a big thing because the amount of history <laughs> amount of interruptions that there are uh, but yeah so uh, again, I watched it post. So it's not an issue for me really, <laughs> but it's not, i not bring that up. Anyway, in the match itself, I really liked Balor throwing no remorse in paying O'Reilly back for the fractured jaw, an awesome little beat. O'Reilly biting the rope at one point to break a hold, so the Irishman just gave it a big old kick. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, I love the selling effort as well, like really super serious. The doctor comes out as well just to check on him, playing on the fact that Finn Balor did fracture his jaw last time. Uh, it, again, painted the champion as relentless. And the champion was grinding down the challenger, working on that jaw the entire time as the Undisputed Era man did his best to try and fight back in. But Bella had no messing about, zoning in on that jaw with every movement. Uh, Kyle had to charge his way back in, desperately fighting to gain a foothold, especially as we got closer and closer to that final 10 minutes. Bala resorting to quickly swing the match back with signatures like the sling blade but O'Varly was in full momentum getting that foothold. No relenting from the challenger this time, uh, breaking the champion down and coming damn close with the brain buster. Balor bleeding from the brow for the remainder of this match, violently kicking the UE lad in the liver to lock in the stretch and ground him for a submission with no escape. And O'Reilly taps out. The first time he got his mouth onto the ropes, this time, no, he cranked back the neck and the head, so he's not doing that again. It's so, like, yeah, a really solid match. O'Reilly having to voice his submission in the end with his neck cranked back and every part of him in the submission, just every part of him locked in that hold. Uh, Balor winning this match as if he was the one avenging defeat. Uh, just the ferocity from him. Loved it. A great main event, Fantastic follow-up to the first match, especially. Both men wearing the wounds of war yet again. So, I don't know. I feel like if sometimes, if you're one of those people who will watch like a series of matches between two wrestlers, like one after the other, uh, maybe like a year or so down the line or whatever it is, uh, Like, I guess for me the most recent would be Okada Omega, where I wouldn't say watch them back-to-back. That's a bit of a... <laughs> but I have re-watched the matches since, and where you notice the nods and flow. Like champ of Gargano. Let's bring it back to NXT. With Champaio Gargano, you notice the nods to the previous stuff, and they feel, it feels it flows a lot better if you watch them kind of one after the other. Yes, you might get a bit tired, you know, watching the same two wrestlers wrestle each other again and again and again. But you'll notice the nods and the flows kind of gel a bit well, a bit better. Calavario and Bala, I feel like the two matches being three months apart really helps. However, one leads after the other so well, I reckon that these two matches were watch back to back really, really well. Uh, especially as you see the character switch from Balor as he spe- specifically tries to get revenge on O'Reilly. That even though Balor won, Balor was the one out and O'Reilly was the one still like, getting momentum, having an amazing ladder match with Pete Dunne uh, on NXT for the War Games, having a really strong War Games showing as well. So he came into this number one contenders match, uh, not well the title match actually, with a lot of momentum. Whilst Balor had been out for three months and this was his first match back. So I really liked, <laughs> just that dynamic, that even though Balor had won the last match and he would think, well, now it's time for O'Reilly to try and kick it up a gear as he gets a second opportunity, it was more painted as, I mean, that might have been Carlo kind of viewpoint that, that character was coming from. But I just loved how they painted Balazs. It seemed like he was the one out for revenge, even though he won. (laughs) He took that fractured jaw as a sign of defeat or weakness, and he came to show Kyle O'Reilly up on this night. Massive rounds of applause. Really, really uh, enjoyed this main event. And I feel like my biggest applause is how well I I feel it follows up from the first match. Because I don't think this match, for me, is going to make it onto any of my top ten lists, especially when we've seen the bar. (laughs) <laughs> that there is right now. And like I can't rate Jay White versus Kota Bucci any higher. Yes, it's right on my personal preference street. And like, even this week, I, t- I preferred Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega from AEW. That knocks it down again, even if it's still really, really good. However, as a kind of companion piece to the first match, it w- it works incredibly well. Um, my only with NXT is I I've, I've somewhat feel they've lost that um, when you watch the thing, you can't wait to see what happens next because everything stays super canon, and you can't wait for one thing to build off the last. I don't get that feeling as much with NXT anymore. I get that with AEW; they're slowly building my trust in terms of that method of storytelling, as in what I'm watching will still matter half a year from now. NXT, there's that little bit of a we're putting the thing out there so that uh, I think the freight, I was gonna use ratings but that's not right. Isn't it feels like they're trying to be exciting, whilst I watch AEW, feel like I'm being told a lovely bedtime story. (laughs) That's not quite right. Um, But I used to have that same trust in NXT. It's only been this past year that's done that. Of course, it's a new year now. Do I do a refresh? Like AEW done for their rankings? (laughs) Do I do a complete refresh? Um, Or do I just point out that I was a massive fan of NXT. There's a reason I decided to cover this stuff, but. This past year, I feel like my trust in their storytelling ability and reasons for me to care in the characters I'm watching has been eroded quite a bit. And I don't know if they're quickly falling in terms of what is my favourite brand from WWE. I've probably seen both main rosters are climbing and improving whilst NXT is falling. That said, NXT was miles ahead of the main roster for so many years. I'm just constantly saying, how's the main roster this bad? So it's good to see the main roster finally improving In multiple areas, it as a overall show, maybe NXT is still right up there purely because the mid card of Monday Night Raw for me, for as as an example, it's just so I won't say dire, but like it feels like I'm having my time wasted with so much of it. It's what the same repeat views that aren't going to move on from anything because over and over and over, (laughs) it's just like this the middle of your show, the vast majority of time is just pointless I might as well <laughs> why would I watch this show I don't get that as much with NXT even though it's definitely crept in this past year so we will wait and see it's only out of their entire existence it's one year that i w- I'm not that high on it's just that it was the most recent <laughs> which is why it's gonna kind of work I feel like a oh yeah I feel a bit down on NXT right now but again it's one year i'll I'll see. I'll see how I'm feeling when it comes to TakeOver in a month. When I'm all hyped for the rumble, will I also be hyped for NXT? Also, this is my like first show back after a few weeks, and I've not watched any WWE whatsoever. The only wrestling show I watched before Wrestle Kingdom was the Bodie Lee Tribute Show, and I, I had no plans to watch any wrestling till Wrestle Kingdom. I was going to chew, uh, generally just tune out completely, and like obviously I felt like yeah, no I'm going to have to I'm going to have to tune into AW uh, last week. But yeah, this is the first WWE show I've tuned into since since uh, since I since Christmas break. Since I broke up for Christmas. TLC, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> TLC was the last WWE thing I covered, and this is the first one since then. Uh, yeah, I'm up, from, from this time last year, up on Raw, up on SmackDown, but Raw was like really low, and for me, Raw is in certain areas. I, I still rate their mid-card at the exact same level as they were last year, since really high-quality wrestling itself. But in terms of, kind of developing characters and the storylines, you give me the same matches about 27 times and I'm done. There's no variety in it. <laughs> I'm just done. But with, I feel like SmackDown has really, really improved. Um, they might be above NXT right now, personally, in terms of the WWE hierarchy. And for me, that's a massive sign of how far NXT have fallen. Uh, another sign, the end of year awards when I go through, uh, called them with Sir Sam. Uh, on Saturday, I think we're going live on on Aussie time. So, if you haven't to listened to this as an Aussie, we're going live at like is it 8.30 GMT, which I think is like night time for Australia. Yeah, so he gets a nice Aussie thing. I'll save my accent for then. <laughs> Just to piss off Sam. <laughs> anyway, let's go through the show in order starting with Dexter Loomis greeting us <laughs> and then going all the way down to the Garganos and their way and doing a, uh, you said the way. Every time, I don't know. It was corny enough where I liked it because they're acknowledging it. <laughs> it's bad humor, it's bad on purpose. Mm. Sip of lukewarm tea before I go. I am English. But Dexter Lewis greeted us to kick off the show. Um, I, I guess it's a style like that. Very, very slowly pressing production buttons before pulling a whacking great red handle for the lights to come up. He went there his, like it seemed like it was the empty arena. He was dressed in his sneaky black, and then Paul's red handle, and he's wearing a New Year's tuxedo, <laughs> a red tuxedo, uh, like Arthur from, from Red Dead. Depending on if you decked Arthur from Red Dead in that, I was realizing I did. <laughs> I tried to make him look like Walter White at one point. I had so many versions of Arthur in that game. <laughs> Maybe it would have been better if I picked an Arthur and stuck with it. Whilst, I, oh yeah, I went from Walter White to the rugged, handsome archer to the clean-shaven to the there, yeah, and many <laughs> different versions. But, yeah, Dexter Loomis clad in his New Year's red tux and blazer. Uh, the lights come up, and that was certainly an oddly-tempoed opening bit, because it was just so slow, so quiet. And then the lights come on, and he's still... just It gives you a second to take in, oh, he's dressed differently. And then the music plays. <laughs> it was really strange. <laughs> uh, anyway... I mean, was it going to be anything else? Was it going to not be strange? I think Is that the point? Me saying oh, it was strange, does that mean, point nailed, that's what they're going for? Because it was strange. <laughs> anyway, the show proper kicked off with Damien Priest versus Karrion Cross. I've already sang its praises, so no fear from that opening. Priest and Cross are here to open the show proper. It started the show off in style, as Barrett put it on commentary, and you know what? Like, this was one of those matches where I'm yet again looking at both men and thinking, stars. Like, especially Cross. Like, both lads, both big lads s- scream that they'll do really well on the main roster. But how many times have we said that before getting burned? It's just, I watch them both, I just think. How could you not? And then I read the report of what the planned uh, call-up was for SmackDown last week of Damian Priest that got next. And it sounds like an idea was had and the wrestlers were like, but that's awful. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I fought really hard to get it. And Roman Reigns as one of the people who's managed to get creative control and got a crap idea next. It would have been a David that didn't make any sense in the world, even though it was, uh, even though it's, oh, wrestler, that's good. Oh, it's like, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. It's happening again. <laughs> where it's good wrestlers where the matches will be good and great, especially when you get to the pay views But the stories don't make any sense. The characters it's just all over. Maybe it's a turning point. <laughs> Maybe Reigns getting creative control of so of a relative level is a massive help because he can just curtail awfulness. <laughs> anyway, I in this match I loved the start of them locking up and refusing to go to let go as they smashed into the plexiglass barricades. I thought that's a fantastic way to start the match. Just get the, the get the feeling of the match over immediately. And this is the kind of big lad ball that you're in for. Uh, Damian Priest, normally the powerhouse, but Cross is an all different kind of beast from the likes that he is used to. Uh, Cross with the Sai and quick into the cover, complete in control early on. And uh, a great bit on behalf of Priest's character as he refused to go down from Cross's strikes, even though Cross had had all of the offense. He then starts striking Priest who's just like, come on and give me more, give me more. Uh, powering himself into the match, uh, to the height of nailing a mighty razor's edge to the big, bold lad. Again, Cross getting knocked down after a damn great step-up tope con on Hilo. (laughs) Priest unable to put the man away, but he's the first man to truly trouble Cross. Uh, Yeah, We had Keith Lee doing his stuff, but I found something different here. It was like we were seeing Cross having to come up with answers and for a bit not be able to. There's something about that. The fact that for a stretch he didn't get offence in and had to come up with something. A uh, hell of a high powerbomb from Cross finally swung the match back, but he felt the need to resort to something more to keep the archer of infamy down. Power slam onto the steel steps, that'll do it. The priest let Cross know that he was still standing though, uh, maybe physically, but really the man was gone. A big ass form to the back of the head, and there wasn't long left in this one. Cross picking up the win in a hard fought opener. Be uh, a great contest. Both men feel like big deals after that, and I feel like the big one for me is Karen Cross's arrival. And I felt like, yep, this character is fully back. I'm ready for the next thing, which could just be Balor Cross, and because it's a big enough win for Cross, which just immediately just gave him all of his almost all of his momentum back. But I am someone who thinks the world of Cross, specifically with this kind of character, specifically in WWE setting. Uh, I really like if they just do this. I okay, if we say this so many times, <laughs> if the the way, what we are seeing with this presentation of Cross just, I don't I don't understand the hesitation of just repeating what you did in NXT, especially if it worked really well. Maybe because it's not event creation, or it's not, it doesn't make any sense. it's Got so many writers to break up stuff. <laughs> that was a comment of nothing. But yeah, it's a it's a weird one where you see a character introduction just nailed. Especially with the return of Cross, where beforehand was just like establishing his character, working out certain kinks. Now you saw this, it's like, no, it's, they've got it all figured out. It's really strange that they keep mucking it up <laughs> on the main roster. Uh, anyway, again, both of these men, I find it really difficult to picture how they could mess them both up. I'm not saying just one, because I expect at least one to be mucked up because of what's happened in the since the existence of NXT. However, I have massive hopes for both of these guys, so at least one of them. Surely at least one of them. You can't retribution both of them. Look what's happened to Dijakovic. <laughs> oh, Dijak, who is an amazing talent, who was up there as the this awesome era of Big Lazarene XT with Keith Lee. Yeah, Keith Lee, Dijak, Carrion Cross, and. Uh, i Martinez forgotten his name for a second. <laughs> Literally to talk about it, I'm going to have to scroll up. Damien Priest, Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, so I hope with those four, the four big lads era of NXT. And one got called up with a strong push in Keith Lee, which then kind of dithered out because there wasn't any long-term plan. And seemingly trying to build back up now but because he's lost a lot of that momentum. So he doesn't feel that important. When he faces Drew, there's no belief he could ever possibly win. He's in that kind of role. I mean, he can build that momentum back up, but, you know... Case on point of, they didn't have any long term plan, <laughs> then the other one in Dij- Dijak, like he's in a joke stable, like, all jobbers, like, <laughs> it's just the same, it's a shame, as in dead on arrival, still dead now, if anything, they were looking for that next event to make them completely dead, this is, yeah. Anyway, the after this, the unspeed Era had an interview backstage, uh, Strong and Cole will be the two to enter the Dusty Cup this year. And uh, next week they take on brizango in the first round match. But tonight is all about Kylo Riley. Uh, I've already gone over that match. Uh, match number two: the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Santos Escobar versus Grand Metalik. Uh, Santos, of course, uh, joined by his Legado de Fantasma friends, and Grand Metalik by Lindsay Duvado. Uh, Escobar, decked in mask, cape, and all, for the special tele show title defense. Love it. Uh, some great lucha in this match. So I can't really commentate on. Like, if any animosity exists or the building to this, because I haven't watched NXT since the week going into TLC. So I've missed two episodes, so I don't know if there was anything. Um, but I would I would describe this, it felt like it was fitting of the second match in the card. Like, as this title has slowly become in its NXT era, as in solid, but nothing that truly sucked me in. But there were some strong moments, like Escobar sliding out as Metalik popped off the apron and then moonsaulted down onto him. There's an awesome picture of that on WWE.com. Like, that was damn nice. <laughs> the uh, king of the ropes with his ropey dope, dropkicks, topes and all. And uh, Dorado, the ringside equaliser as well. But Escobar's a damn smart competitor, dropping Metalik onto his knee before nailing the Phantom Driver for the win. And yeah, as soon as that finishes, like, Escobar just, he just doesn't have bad matches. But I... Don't really get invested in them either, and I don't think that's his fault. I think he is a really good talent, and the group is great. I love Legado de Fantasma, the little promos they do um, just to get over their uh, I guess the, the characters of the group as a whole, their mission. I think they're really strong, really good, but there isn't much of a division. The competitors that he's up against never feel like they could dethrone him in any manner. It's, it's still, It feels like it's one Normally I've described it as like one challenger at a time Recently there seems to have been A little bit more effort in that with Atlas and Swerve And maybe that is simply Just because they like to get Atlas some momentum so that he can Then possibly beat the champion But yeah it's a little bit of Champion of what division? I don't watch 205 live So that's a massive part of that so I don't See anybody, I don't really see the interaction There But uh, yeah he has solid matches that I don't really care about it's <laughs> another one yeah so, solid matches but I'm just not invested in them the last time I was was Leo Rush and Angel Gaza that was the last time I truly cared because I, I didn't get into the Cruiserweight Championship tournament but I got into Leo Rush versus Angel Gaza and they did it like on the night they were able to do it just turn it on both of them were amazing but I've yeah I've never I've not gone back to that level not since then. That was the last time I was truly invested. But he has solid matches. <laughs> so, so, again, it's an odd one. It is an odd one. Uh, I've talked about uh, later. Well, after now I'm jumping ahead of myself. Because first, we've got to look at how strong Ray Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez are. Oh, they're really muscly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's literally just them show, lifting weights. Like, oh, aren't we muscly? Like, yeah, big hoss. <laughs> big hoss match. <laughs> Hola uh, Jovo, uh, uh, yes, uh, hope all is well to your end as well, uh, and I want to say I'm blurry-eyed too, so Japan time, I'm live at midnight, my time, when I'm on Japan time, is going relatively better than I expected. <laughs> uh, Mercedes Martinez is real happy to be back, and she is all hap- even happier to be beating up Io Shirai. Um, I called Mercedes Martinez as a possible uh, fourth team member for the opposite team at War Games. However, I think they, I can't remember who they picked. Oh, no, it was to be, or, it was to be, it's done with Io Shirai, I was like, oh, bring in Martinez. But then I've like, no, let's do Shirai versus Mercedes Martinez. Like, yeah, all down for that. <laughs> all down for that. And the promo was great. Mercedes Martinez showing uh, that, yes, yeah, she would have been great at the main roster immediately. Aside from the fact that, you know, she dodged a bullet. <laughs> Fair to say. <laughs> Fair to say Mercedes Martinez dodged a bullet going... From what she was presented on the main roster to this. <laughs> this now. So yeah, what's a little bit higher in terms of, you know, career flattening. <laughs> now I'm talking about, yeah, yes, awesome to see me. to the great promo. I'm really uh, getting excited immediately for her versus the OCI. Compared to the others <laughs> on that group. Uh, poor retribution. Anyway, a gimmick. Uh, it ties up quite well. In terms of a gimmick, kind of just seeing how it works on television. Uh, Jai Lee versus Katarina Jobba. Not her name, that's just what I've written down. Uh, the gimmick, Forjai Lee finally arrives on TV. Uh, the VTRs, the promo packages, the videos have all been fantastic. And uh, I'm I've, I've really interested to see if it would translate to TV. Or is it amazing VTRs and you see it live in the ring and it's just bollocks. <laughs> Which one was it? The answer was, it's good bollocks. That's how was, It's good wrestling bollocks. <laughs> that's how I explain it. Like entrance wise, a very unique aura and feel, maintaining the cinematic black bars to uh, somewhat maintain the vibe. Uh, The creepy lass seated upon her throne on the stage. Uh, Jai Lee with devastating kicks and the final knockout blow looking flipping amazing. Uh, Glad to see the transition to the in-ring worked on first viewing. Again, first viewing, nothing exceptional, nothing crazy but also strong. it It was a job on match but that final kick for me is what sold it. In terms of like selling the manoeuvres and all the stuff for Jaya Lee, that last kick, flipping, <laughs> just absolutely sold it. It's like, yes, you felt all the ferocity behind the character and just Jaya Lee's demeanor the entire match. felt like that kick suited her really, really well. Now I'm interested to see what Bo does. I mean, he could just stand there with his shade on the entire time and I might be fine with that <laughs> just because Jaya Lee's so great. Um, Yeah. Again, interesting to see how she climbs the card after this, but we're still in character getting over mode. It's fine. It's week one. Again, the entire time this has been playing out, I've just been saying, these video packages are great. Can't really give an opinion because I don't know what's happening. (laughs) And still, they've done a really good job of building and building and building without giving too much away. Without me being able to sit here and give a full-on opinion of everything. Uh, Because they've not had Jai Lee come out and say, These are my feelings. These are my emotions. I don't like you, you, or you. But I'm friends with that one. <laughs> As in, that's what they They do that so often. <laughs> on the next stage, just full exposition dump. Of, you need to know this character's entire motivation spree. I like Jai because she doesn't have a, anything like that. It's all written on her face in the demeanors and the presentation. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, a little update then came afterwards, where Timothy, can he fight Champa in the pit? Oh, well. And uh, something I really liked, just a little NXT tweet that they now and then do where it's something that isn't being done anywhere else in WWE. But Bronson Reed interviewed in the arena with the ring behind him. Yes, give me more of this. <laughs> it's, it's a trope from way back when in the wrestling. Uh, I'll say way back when, it would have been the 90s. But like it's, it's like what his words still felt scripted as hell. Where, for example, I want to say AW have done it, but I can't picture when. It must have been when they're back in the arena days. But I, I don't oh know. It was the interviews on the stages that they were doing. I think they still do that. But when they do that, it feels it's a lot bit. It feels a lot looser. While like every single beat and word for Bonson Reed is written scripted, he's he's repeating the words he's memorized, and he do, he doesn't feel that supernatural. The supernatural. It doesn't feel natural. Really, the words that he's telling me. However. Like, honestly, it's so much better than the endless backstage monologues. Like, saying this short bit in front of the crowd for me did so much more for Bronson Reed than it would do if he'd done the exact same promo word for word backstage at the interview ring. So, yeah. Yeah, oh, I said interview ring. <laughs> it's just the interview thing. Uh, I will say I, I'm a massive fan of the interview ring for the Thunderdome, for the Raw and SmackDown. Like, I like the interview ring, <laughs> I'm a fan of it. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a little it's very gimmicky and it's wrestling. I'm all for gimmicky things in wrestling. It's wrest come on, it's wrestling. Speaking of gimmicks. Last woman standing. Oh big hoss! <laughs> big lasses. Uh, the big E meat slapping meat. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we would we have been treated this past week with big hoss matches. We've got Wardlow versus Hager on AW. We've got this on NXT. In New Japan we've got Shingo versus Cobb. It's yeah. <laughs> the big the Big Hoss wrestlers clashing. We got three <laughs> examples of it this past week. Again, didn't watch Raw. Oh, we got McIntyre Keith Lee. So another one, like a consistent run of Big Hosses <laughs> having amazing matches. Again, I say amazing. I'm assuming McIntyre Lee was solid. Didn't watch it. Saw a Spanish Fly. That's all I've seen from that match. <laughs> it's like, oh, so they, they went then. The It wasn't like a, this is a TV. We'll give them some stuff, but not give them that much. So, oh no, they gave them a Spanish Fly. Oh shit. Right, <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, yes. Big hosses, Rey Ripley and Gonzalez clash once more and yeah, laying in the strikes from the get-go, quickly escalating to weapons in a ringside brawl. Uh, Gonzalez swatting down a dropkick flying Ripley who'd popped off the steel steps before getting clobbered with a chair. <laughs> Immediately, yes, I, I, where's this going? I'm enjoying it. Uh, WWE's new favourite toy in handcuffs. <laughs> Read it once again. This time to show off Gonzalez's strength. So, ah, so there's a genuine character reason for you to do this. I'm fine with this. Uh, Ripley cuffing her to the ringside cage wall, but Big Mama Cool just ripped herself free. Big Hoss strength. <laughs> it's funny when I do it. Nerd in a black wrestling t shirt with a logo slapped on it. A uh, pattern of Rhea coming up with plans, only for Gonzalez to counter her and drive her down. The ring bell hammer, that little hammer that they, they use to hit the ring bell. Nope, in your face goes the, goes the bell. No uh, painful looking backdrop to you <laughs> through the announce desk. And ha, no you go crashing off the stage. I <laughs> just, yeah, I like the Ray Ripley seemingly coming up with an idea and going to charge at Martinez, who then just counters and did something else. <laughs> yeah, I like that. that You've seen Ripley amp back up, she's going to do a thing. No, she isn't, <laughs> it's like a big hoss. Uh, the two brawled all over backstage, uh, the sugar glass door smashing all over as the piped-in This Is Awesome chance play. I adjust that at the beginning of the show. My biggest turn off for NXT right now, and one of the reasons I, re- I think I wasn't able to just zone, just kind of relax and enjoy this, I hate the piped-in crowd, cannot stand it. Be it, be it in terms of um, like live sports right now when they do it, don't can't stand it there. Like over here in England with the football, you have two live broadcasts. One with the crowd inserted, like you heard on NXT, like, this is awesome. One with nothing inserted, it's just the live picture with the live audio. And I, every time I'm on that live audio, like, no, it's weird. I can't, I don't like seeing an empty arena but hearing like massive chants as if it's a packed 15,000, 15, 15 20,000, like, no. No, I'm perfectly fine to hear the audio of what the thing is that's happening. So yeah. Anyway, to go to Kai, the equaliser here, noticing uh, the backstage ball had not really gone the way. Because Ripley dove off metal lockers crashing through a catering table-clad Gonzalez. And uh, yeah, Raquel clearly in trouble. The Kiwi makes her run out to take a locker door to the face for her team. Uh, well done Uh Ripley immediately stuffing the lass in one before pissing off back to Gonzalez <laughs> like that as well uh, the ball led to a nasty landing for Gonzalez Ripley's Feynman's carry crash- crashing her into the big on-stage X that was there like obviously it's WWE so the screen flickers because that's how technology works <laughs> apparently uh, but yeah but our Big Hoss match ending had a Big Hoss bump in the end. Ripley climbing some steel steps on the stage for some reason they would got there. I think I must have missed that. <laughs> Maybe they did that during the break. Uh, planning to riptide the last but beware of the be- power of the Big Hoss. Uh, Gonzalez powered up and bombed down with the Aussie through the stage. Uh, Big Mama Cool makes it back to her feet for the win. Gonzalez continuing to feel a bigger and bigger deal. And I feel like Mercedes um, Martinez is a great kind of strong veteran for EO2 defeat before then, you know, losing to Big Hoss. Like, surely EO, we're building up and building up, and Gonzalez is going to win. I'm going to a massive Gonzalez reign. That's what I do. <laughs> building him up really well. Just go with it. Uh, Vic Joseph uh, putting her over as the baddest woman in NXT. He's like, oh, that big match is coming. Like, the question is, when are you holding it off for? Will it be the Rumble, or will it be the WrestleMania NXT? Who knows? Anyway, uh, there wasn't really much after this because we immediately went to cars outside for the ways celebration for defeating the curse. And another celebration. <laughs> immediately, I was like, I swear, the last NXT they did a celebration, and uh, Vic Joseph was yeah. It's like another celebration. Like <laughs> he was just hammering that home. Was like oh, okay, so I'm meant to be feeling that way. Okay, that's good. That's good. That means as that was my as that was what I, what I was internally saying. Then Vic Joseph is hitting on that. It's like, okay, that is what I'm meant to be feeling. That's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the chat, Kushida Gargano will be an epic match in the future. Can't wait. Uh, me as well, honestly. I've loved the aggression from Kushida. It's just that, uh, for me, they showed that aggression. They got that new kind of edge to him over. Then he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, and now he's back again. It's like, oh, that's that's something I'm um, not often down on the main roster for doing, We get this aggressive edge over of a character, but you don't have any plans for them when you do that. So they just disappear until you think of something. And often again, I'll credit AW. I can't say it for the women, but for the rest of the roster, if you saw that Kushida aggression being shown, it was because it would lead to something compared to him going missing for months, which is ugh, a bit of a shame. Anyway, uh, yeah, really looking forward to him versus Golgaro, the building it well. And, uh, getting the family over and the odds that they're going to have to fight against but also showing how damn strong both the Shotzi Blackheart and Kushida are. So let's talk about the samagans first. Johnny did it! (laughs) The curse is broken! (laughs) Hooray! Uh, Candice with a commemorative plaque for him, Uh, Austin and Indy with a fancy Marvel-like artist depiction of the way which obviously Johnny loved, And before our uh, double interruption, the uh, Johnny revealed that he and Austin will also be entering the Dusty Classic as a team. Again, really like that, because the initial kind of lineup of Dusty teams that they showed, I was like, oh, there's a few strong ones in there, but ultimately, I was like, this feels a lot weaker than past years. Suddenly, you get additional announcements like this. Ah, okay. And then you get the William Regal one later, which I think that is what I'm ending the show with. Yeah, just realising that, yeah. So... Yes, this match itself. Uh, when Shotzi Blackheart came out, I just realised <laughs> Johnny revealed that with Austin, they're going to be in the Tag Team cl- uh, Classic, and out comes Shotzi Blackheart in her tank. Austin's like, no, I got this. He steps up. So the lass on the tank fires a toy rocket right into his ghoulies. <laughs> oh, what was it? The, the, what did Barrett call it? It was the wedding, wedding tackle? <laughs> Is that what he called it? I think it was. And uh, and that, did, that was another distraction for Kushida to run out to make his mark on Gargano And oh hello, Dexter Loomis is there, ringing the bell and pointing at the screen And honestly, uh, I think Dexter Loomis is my least favourite thing in NXT I don't know if what he's doing works with a lot of people, so that's why he's getting as much screen time as he is Or if it, what I'm feeling is a general consensus or is it just the hardcore wrestling fans? Because again, we're such a small minority. It's often, often you get in the Twitter wrestling bubble, but it's not actually that many fans that are in that bubble. It's only get the you get the echo chamber effect. Uh, but yeah, I'm not a massive fan of Dexter and I found his stuff on this show weird. Which is, I know that's his point, <laughs> but I didn't find it entertaining. Weird. I found it uh, not entertaining. Weird. <laughs> Give me more time. If I wrote a column on it, I'd found a better sentence than that. But yeah as he uh, as host he's drawn a picture declaring this a mixed tag match and it's happening right now uh, Gar- the gargano family uh, the way I irate like what do you mean there's a match right now this isn't fair we're not prepared for it yeah uh, and Shotzi. doing a shot scene like come on then they're calling for the fight uh, an interesting dynamic for the match and uh, but when i'm watching it, i'm thinking nxt's done this a few times where has me enjoying the dynamic of the thing that's happening. It's like, oh, this will lead to an interesting wrestling match, unless I ask any questions. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 wait. The match was planned far enough ahead for Dexter Loomis to have drawn that drawing. How else? Well, how would he have known to draw that drawing, unless he's um, clairvoyant? <laughs> how would he have known to draw that drawing to then get it ready on the on the titan tron to then point to not only did he draw it he sent it to the production truck <laughs> he got it ready to then be put up on the screen and so he was able to point to it but also whilst I was watching the segment play out the interruptions were played out as if they just happened in the moment It's like well which one is it <laughs> it can't be both and they, and they have done both so when I think about it it's like oh it doesn't work obviously You've got this match-up, and you've got the thing that leads to the thing, but it doesn't actually make any sense. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, one thing led to another, and course, the thing, but how would he have drawn the picture with it? Because cause you you know that this match is happening, but the characters don't know this match is happening, so how did that character know this match was <laughs> going to happen? Clairvoyance, is the only answer. Dexter Lewis is clairvoyant. That is the only thing that I can surmise <laughs> for it to work either that or somehow he communicated with Shotzi Blackheart and Kushida that this was going to be a match that all they needed to do was interrupt maybe now, yeah it's, a, it's an yeah don't think about it, <laughs> it it's just creating that inter- interesting dynamic of the heroes are the one up for the fight and it's the heels that weren't prepared for it that that it was just a situation to create that. <laughs> so th- does it really matter that I look into it? No, it's more for comedicness. Uh, anyway, the Gorgano's unprepared as our goodies have brought the fight uh, the way, trying to use their numbers and brain smarts, but they weren't guile enough. Uh, Kashida stopped Shotzi with stereo offense, taking them down. Uh, no relenting, and Shotzi with a Jesus Christ <laughs> suicide dive of no regard from the school of banks. <laughs> Je- I mean, it was. It, it, when I watched it, it was like, wow, oh, that was a really good suicide dive. With no regard though, <laughs> Ethereum and Hartwell made their presence known. Uh, but a meeting of the Johnnies <laughs> led to the quick O'Connor roll pin for Kushida. And uh, Kushida and Shotzi both getting one up on their rivals. Good for them. And this is perfect timing because my eyes have become so blurry from the... <laughs> the, the hours that don't suit this I've been pulling. And it doesn't get any better. Uh, so anyway, final kind of takeaway points. Again, that was a fun match. I thought. Again, that's why I'm more jokey, taking a piss out of the bit from earlier, when here like really, it's for. It was an entertaining enough match. It was a fun little thing, and your heroes get the win. Like, hey, feel good moment. Uh, just yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the ne- it's terms sort of like announcements going forward, uh, the next takeover is set for Valentine's Day. Partners are going to love that. (laughs) William Regal announces the first ever women's Dusty Tag Team Classic. Uh, People are going to love that. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Thumbs up for putting that forward. And Pete Dunne with Bertrand Lorcan. We're watching on our main event for the evening. I've already covered the main event. I just thought that was a final additional note of, well, what happens next? Is it definitely cross when Pete Dunne's got an eye on what's happening here? To be fair, it could just be to do more Undisputed Era stuff. I would have been perfectly fine. If that rivalry just stops at war games, as in you did your awesome build to it, you had your awesome blow off, and now both parties can go different ways and build up. That's what I'd prefer. I'd prefer dunbella Just saying you can hit on I swear they did an NXT UK match. You can hit on that if they did it, and I'm not making that up. So yeah, again, it's getting close to 1am and I'm on Japan time. <laughs> Let's go to bed. <laughs> anyway, thank you for I guess watching the view, or watching the video, interacting with it in any whichever way you have done. Uh, Also, um, it was insane to see the TLC numbers, like for me that was mental, like overall it's just smashing my uh, previous records I've had in terms of like the different uh, show partners I've had and everything, like that is by far the most viewed, listened, whatever it is, everything combined thing that I've ever done, (laughs) so that was, all it took was setting a man on fire, like oh, if I'd thought of that earlier, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if they thought of that earlier i'd be making it in. <laughs> but no uh, anyway so i will be back on saturday I've just, i plugged it earlier in the show i'll be back on saturday on aussie time so gmt that'll be 8 30 a.m if americans can't fall asleep which i'm assuming quite a lot of people can't fall asleep right now but if you're not asleep by 3 30 eastern <laughs> then i'll be live on uh, saturday saturday morning um but yeah, Aussie time if I'm right, that's in the evening for you, so much much better time uh for you to do that stuff. But I will be up super early for me uh, to do the end of year awards, which is normally a bit of a lengthy show, so we might be going maybe like two hours or so. Uh, last year I edited it and put it out. Uh no one tuned in. <laughs> no one watched that. <laughs> so, doing it live this year to see uh, on Aussie time, see what happens. Trying it out. Uh I will I've also been streaming on Twitch. I think I'll be live tomorrow. I'm playing yakuza Zero. Uh, just having fun. I'm in Japan mood. Again, covering New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yuki's uh, a zero, a game uh, without an English dub. That's how I play those games. It's awesome. Just pissing about doing side quests. If you want to watch me, piss about doing side quests on the video game. <laughs> I'm doing that right now uh, on Twitch. Also, I'll be back after that on Tuesday for the Raw review. My first Raw of the year. I finally return. Will it be crap? Let's find out. <laughs> but anyway, what did you make of NXT? Thank you for watching. Uh, I guess liking if you haven't already subscribing, uh, commenting, whatever, uh, any form of interaction. Even if you've done clicked on an emoji on the laws on the Wrestling Headlines website. Nearly said Laws of Pain, the old name. Wearing the T-shirt. Eventually, <laughs> me staring at me wearing the T-shirt as I check the streams. Fine. Eventually, I'll learn the name of the website I write and podcast <laughs> and video and all that stuff for. Uh, anyway, eventually, that's the takeaway message. One day, one day, imp will know the name of the web website. he <laughs> really works for. Uh, anyway, with that, I uh, say thank you for everything. Follow me on Twitter at the damn damn damasim. Damn, uh, my Twitch channel is the implications with two s's on the end. Uh, there's no fancy way to say that. The implications. <laughs> I guess this is why I normally end these shows seven minutes ago, rambling into nonsense. And uh, with that, I say thank you for everything and I bid you adieu with a blurry eyed Brit <laughs> adios uh, I've not got the thing up <laughs> so, do do proper ones do proper goodbye bye 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 <sighs>